Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is episode 68. And this is a hostful. It is. It's a hostful. To steal our title from Nerdist. I know. they sued us yet? Yeah. No, they have. We're really on their radar. Yep. Yep. They're really paying attention to us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But today is specifically a slow travel uh, hostful. So I put a call out a few weeks ago on Facebook if anyone had any questions about travel um, and specifically how you can kind of apply the idea of slow living while traveling. And we've got some great questions to answer. Um, Let's get into it. Okay. The first question comes from Ben McCallery. Oh, he sounds handsome. Why do you, why why are we actually doing this slow travel podcast. Why did you want to do it? Um, I think a lot of people are coming to the idea of slow living and it really appeals. And, um, you know, I, I think in a lot of cases, obviously not all, but people want their world to expand as part of that too. But when we travel, we seem to, and like I say we, including us, yeah. um, want to cram as much in as possible and see all the sites and not miss out on anything and get all the Instagram shots. And, you know, it, it, it can become like a competitive sport. Mm. And we've had experiences years ago where we just burnt out yeah. when we're on a holiday. It's ridiculous, you know. So, I feel like the ideas of behind slow living apply just as well or, you know, if not better in some instances to traveling as well. So, uh, and it's something that people ask me about quite a bit because we do love traveling and we do a bit of it. That you know, how how do you maintain like a, a slower pace when you're on the road? And um, yeah, I, I thought that now, considering we're just wrapping up our our holiday in Canada, that it would be a good time to talk about it. Yeah, that sounds good. I think before we launch into the, those reasons, and we'll talk through what we do. Let's get into some listeners questions that they've Mm. sent through. Um, The first one's from Cherie, and Cherie asked, what is your take on planning for a trip? It is so tempting to book restaurants and experiences in advance, but I find that puts pressure on the holiday in terms of timelines, etc. I would love to know your thoughts and tips on planning over planning a trip. Planning slash over planning a trip. (laughs) (laughs) You read good. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it's, it's do you, okay, do you over plan? No. I don't over plan. I, I read a lot before we go. Research, yeah. Um, I spend a lot of time on like forums and even TripAdvisor and things like that, particularly for a trip like this where we're not moving around a lot. Um, you know, it's really helpful to know what some good restaurants and bars are and what what some good rainy day activities are for the kids. Like that's, and for me, that's some of the fun, best yeah. parts. Like when you're looking forward to something, doing all that research and 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 getting as much information as possible. Um, I like I like the the anticipation. Extend almost yeah. like you, you're already, and I, I guess you, I would hate to 
uh, miss out on something just because I didn't do my research properly. Oh, that's an interesting point, though. Mm. That, like a bit of FOMO there. Yeah, um, exactly. But in te- what about in 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 terms of booking restaurant, like actually mm. booking stuff and paying for stuff and like ahead of time, you know, ahead of time, like, like and, yeah, like on this day we're doing this and and that's not really my jam um, at all. I enjoy kind of like uh, like we mentioned in last episode, we were talking about journaling. We don't really have a rhythm or a structure to our time when we travel, and again, that's because in this instance. We're in the one spot for quite a long time. Like we just rented an apartment for a few weeks and based ourselves here, which gave us the freedom to be able to do that. I guess if you're on a shorter trip or you're moving around more, it would be slightly different because there is structure there and you also maybe wouldn't have as much time for just like down days or days where you go, well, let's just kind of see what happens. Um, So if that's the case, then I think it's nice to, if there's a really special occasion or a, a a show or a restaurant that you don't want to miss, yeah. then like I'm all for doing that yeah. because that does build some structure into your time and it's kind of nice to plan around it and to have something to look forward to. We booked two restaurants before we left for this trip. Yeah. One that we went to last night. Oh, yeah. Um, for our anniversary. And then the second one um, at Disneyland. Yes. Yeah. Which seems ridiculous to say out loud, but it does. It's um, it's just it's a place that we've wanted to go for ages. It sounds really fun, so yeah. and I I quite like that. But we, I mean, we don't do tours and stuff much. But even if we did, we typically don't book them until we get to a place. Yep. Um, and you know, the kids had a couple of ski lessons again. Didn't book them until we got here. I guess that is also helpful. That this is a not a busy time of year. If we were here at Christmas, maybe we'd have to, to think about that. But I think there is a balance somewhere and it's a super personal balance. Some people really, really like having their time structured out and enjoy that and, and you know, don't have to decide on the fly what they're doing that day. But then other people, um, we're much more this kind of end of the spectrum, prefer to see, like, play it how it lies sort of. Yeah. And I think that is also partly because of where we're at in our life stage too with the kids. Yep. Their yep. energies can vary greatly yep. Yep. <laughs> on a day-to-day That's the basis. Thing. If we book things too far in advance, like they they just might not be they might not be down in the for it. Yeah. For, for it to do it on that day. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um like even with this trip as an example with skiing, mm. They, there'd be days where in the afternoon they go, yeah, I can't wait to go skiing. Yeah, I, 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 yeah you, you have to book a skiing lesson like the day before. Yeah. And we do that and then it comes to the day and it's like... And they wake up and they're, they're I don't want to go. Yeah. yeah, I'm too tired. But um, Yeah, so I think that like that level of structure does depend totally on, uh, you know, you personally and where you're at in terms of your you know, season of life. But for us, it's, it's really nice to... To have the information to, at hand and to know things about where we're going, but not lock ourselves in. Yeah, I liked having. What I really liked on this holiday was having options for the day. Yeah, as in, like, absolutely. We have three options, and you don't actually decide until the day or the day before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we had a list, like not a physical list, but just things that we know we wanted to do. Like we wanted to um, drive the Icefields Parkway, and we wanted to go to Drumheller to see the dinosaur museum and stuff uh but we didn't have days for those until maybe the day before yeah yeah exactly so i think that's kind of a nice balance for us that deals with like the planning slash over planning 
approach. So hopefully that's been helpful. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think that should be. <laughs> the next question's um, sent in by Victoria, um, and she writes: How about travel and slow living? How do you appreciate the quietness of being away from the things that usually pull at your attention without getting so caught up in the idea that you must do so many things while you're away because you won't get a chance to do them at home or you won't ever get another chance to see something? Yeah, I mean, I think they're two separate questions. Um, I, I think Victoria is saying that there's things that you get to do away, quiet things, you know, reading a book and spending time together. And there's a pressure to do all those quiet things and all those nice slow things because at home it may not be possible. And then there's the like the other side of it, which is like the idea of FOMO, sort of like what you touched on before, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. where out, yeah. you didn't want to miss out and not know that you'd missed out until you got home. Mm. Like really, if mm. you didn't know at the time, then it's not missing out. Yeah. Um, I think... It's actually a really good question because it, it talks to the other side of this pressure. You know, we want yeah. to do all the holiday things, which becomes a, a, a to-do list. So, I think for me, it's more about uh, like being intentional with your time while you're away. And this could apply to a day away or a month away. Yep. Be intentional with your time. And, and kind of like what we were saying when we were answering, answering Cherie's question was – have a list of things that you really want to do and ask yourself, like, are these important enough to give our time to? And the ones that are, then do them and like enjoy them and do them wholeheartedly. And the ones that aren't, I think you just let go. You know, I think yep. it's really easy to slip into this mindset of being like on an agenda or <laughs> a timetable, even if all those things are we're having a campfire and yeah. going for a bushwalk yeah. and you know all really nice things yeah. that are slow in and of themselves. So I think stop you know slipping into this mindset of having to do things or feeling the pressure to do them because we're never going to get another chance and instead just opt for the things that you really want to do that really mm. are a priority for you and whoever you're traveling with. I feel that the way that we've traveled – it feels like we've picked up our home and placed it in the Rockies. Mm-hmm. And the things that happen within the four walls of the home, there's a lot of routine there. It's very similar to when we're at home. Um, <clears throat> not completely, but, you know, there's we like to keep a routine with the kids with bed and all that sort of thing. And then when we... And then just outside these walls, the, our, our our backyard has changed. So there's all these new and, and different things I to explore. I don't agree with you at all. <laughs> I don't think we've kept a routine at all. Like okay. with the kids' bedtimes. Like- well, I, I mean, you know, yeah, the kids' bedtimes is a little bit different. But, you know, like we we still try and, you know, do the same things as we do, we do at home. Do we? Like happy days and yep. um, – you know, what was your favourite part of the day? All those sorts of things. Yeah, sure. But I don't I, – they're like elements that remain and I think they're really nice and we'd take them wherever we were. We were. But um, like routine, no. I don't, like, I don't think so. 
But I know. I know what do you mean by what are you thinking about routine? You get up at a certain time, and then we do these things, and then we have lunch, and then we, you know, go and do an activity, and then we come home. We well, have that's dinner. what we sort of do, but not on a not on a routine basis. I don't think like it. We we genuinely did it as it felt like we wanted to do it. Whereas a routine for oh, me, and I, don't I don't agree. I don't agree with fine. that. You don't have to agree with me. I'm right and you're wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> um, no, for me, routine is like, and that's why I avoid the idea and the word routine really, because it's quite a strict, timed, structured approach. Um, it's, have you heard of my blog? I write about this thing called rhythm. <laughs> I write a blog. Did you know that? You used to. I used to write a blog, yes. Thanks for bringing that up. Um <sighs> <laughs> routine rhythm whatever you want to call it fine it's it uh, i just feel like what's changed for us in and we do it intentionally like we want to stay in, in the one position because we know that by moving around it just disrupts everyone's rhythms and routines <clears throat> and i feel that if we've based ourselves here like in the one spot for a number of weeks you you kind of you feel more settled and i think the kids have felt more settled as yeah, well yeah i would definitely agree so with that that's the sort of routine that i'm talking okay. about is trying to you know within the four walls of the home it it doesn't hasn't really changed that much it has you know there's obviously different things that we do at different times but it's outside <laughs> these 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 walls that we're we're now we're really experiencing the new and the uh and the act, and that's where okay, all these I, activities come from. I understand. I agree with you in that way. I, I take the idea of routine out of it because I don't think we've kept a routine at all. But um, I do agree that, and and you're right. This is the way we like to travel. Like we pick up chunks of our life, and those they're portable. They can come anywhere, and then we plop it down in a different place for three or four weeks and live there. Like we, I, I don't feel like we holiday there even because we do so many normal things like we go to the library and yeah. do local things. Like it's not touristy, yeah, exactly. mu- not much of it anyway. Um, so that's not at all really answering Victoria's question, but it's nice to segue think, into that. Have we, uh, I don't know, have we, have we answered the question? Oh, look, no, I think so. In a roundabout way. Yeah, but essentially it's just asking yourself whether you're doing these things because you want to be doing them or because you feel like you should be doing them. And I think that that is applicable in life as well. But I think when we're traveling, we do feel this pressure to make sure we make the most of our time and, you know, we live it to the fullest. And uh, I think that can lead us to do stuff that is not necessarily in alignment with what we want to do or beneficial, but we do it because we feel like we should. Yeah. And that applies to big things and little things as well. So my yeah, my advice would to just be questioning would just be to question, you know, what you're choosing to spend your time on if you're feeling that pressure and ask, is it is it worth it? Is it what I want to do? Nothing worse than coming home from a holiday and being exhausted. exhausted. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. I actually made a post on Instagram a few weeks ago um, about, you know, our our desire to have slow days where the kids are tired mm. and we do nothing more than go for a walk, yep. get a coffee, play. Like we took the kids to a few local parks and just did really super normal things and they were really restorative. And I got quite a few comments on that, uh, you know, sort of saying that 
my partner when we travel is like, oh, go, go, go. Let's yep. see all the things and do all the things and tick all the boxes. Whereas my ideal holiday is to sit and read a book for hours and hours and hours. And, mm. and it's, it's just a matter of communicating, I guess, and compromising and finding that balance between the people who want to be on the go all the time and never miss anything yep. and the people who would be so happy to chill That's right. in the sun and read yep. a book. Yep. So, yeah. Cool. All right. The next question comes from Michelle and she asks, how do you keep your kids occupied on long flights and in transit without, without, restore, ugh, without resorting to the iPad too much? Smile emoticon. <laughs> well, wink emoticon. Uh, I don't put any, any boundaries on the iPad when we're traveling, when we're in, sorry, when we're in transit. Be iPad that, is life uh, when you travel. When you're in the actual act of traveling. Yeah. Yes. Um, and in saying that, it's not like the kids are on it all the time. Actually, I just, the kids weren't on the iPad at all on the flight. No. And we were just, lucky. The, the flight that we were on, the, the longest flight that we were on had like seat back entertainment. Yeah. And um, you know, the kids were actually more inclined to do coloring in and want to watch a movie with us and, yep. and that kind of thing. But I don't put any limitations on it at that time. If they, if that's what's going to get them through the last two hours of a 14-hour flight, oh, yeah. then I, that's fine. That's yep. so fine. They are a saviour for, for flight. I know people that have a travel iPad for really? kids. Like that is – They don't ever get it. They don't ever get it at home. Mm. It's only brought out when they travel. Yeah, I think it's, it's fine. Like – and I think that's actually where the benefit of not having heaps of screen time at home lies as well because then the novelty factor is there, which is going to keep them more occupied for longer. Um, but we tend to be fairly, I don't know, realistic about the kids when we get on the, the plane. I mean, I know adults who hate being on those flights and can't deal with you <laughs> yeah. know can't deal with long haul travel. Tantrums. Yeah, I've seen a few tantrums on long haul flights. Mm. Um, some of them were even no, they weren't mine. Um, but yeah, I think the key is to understand that they're like little energetic people trapped in a big metal tube with three hundred other people. Is this a Louis Louis C.K. bit? No. Okay. I wish going. I was that clever. Everything is amazing and nobody's happy. <laughs> um, but and and that's not that's not fun. Like that's not fun for anybody. So understanding that and the kids don't necessarily have the language or the coping strategies in place that adults do, and we just try and be kind of realistic and and compassionate to that. Um, but you know, it, what else do we do to keep them occupied? I think the, the the best thing is is to keep things uh, in a bag mm. that they haven't seen before, or yeah, like or that little, little colouring in things, yeah. or like bought them a new colouring in book, yeah, and like just new things because they'll get into that. Um, I think that's really important, and you just bring them out every six hours. Yeah, <laughs> six hours. I, was, I mean, the the trip to get here was pretty brutal for us. It was like 36 hours straight of travel and I was amazed at how well the kids coped. Yeah, they were and very th- resilient. Yeah. And I think that was partly partly because 
like that's just them, I guess. And partly because we had explained to them that it was going to be such a long process and there was going to be a lot of waiting and a lot of sitting. So they knew, I mean, they might not have been able to picture what it looked like, but they knew that yeah. it was, that was coming. And um, also kind of explained the rules of being on a plane and those sorts of things. It was which, weird. They never once had a tantrum on a plane. No. They, where they where they lost <laughs> it was in just lines and yeah. immigration and, you know, customs and stuff. That is brutal, that. Yeah. You get off a plane, a crowded plane, only to line up in a crowded arrival mm. terminal. Like, it's nuts. Yeah. So, they feel, <laughs> they feel like, you know, the worst part's over and then they see this huge sea of humanity, like, just filing through and they're like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. Toby was like, not another line. <laughs> Keep moving. Keep moving. Uh, but yeah, I think I think a, a combination of those things, and don't be afraid to make use of the the tools that we have at hand to get through that time because it can be quite difficult, particularly when you're talking long haul travel. Um, but that's that's it for our our three questions from uh, listeners. Cool. All right. Packing. Mm. That's been a an issue for us only because we're now packing up to go home and we're seeing everything that we brought here and things that we just haven't used. Yeah, it's been crazy. We Last time we came away, um, it was winter and we packed, we had four suitcases for four people plus a snowboard bag. That's that's our our house. Uh, Yeah, that was basically basically all of our clothes. Picked up everything and transported it. Which which was ridiculous. Uh, it's, It's... I felt like we packed so light this time. Yeah, so we were down to two suitcases and a snowball bag. Um, and 50% of what we packed was unnecessary. Half of it we didn't touch. And I think... That's crazy. What I'm going to do when we get home is actually make a list of everything I packed yeah. and then make a list of everything I used. Yeah, that would be cool. Because I, I now have my eye set on like super light packing for even like a, a long trip, you know, six-month trip. Like not a... Don't check any bags in. Oh, man. Imagine that. No. Imagine the I, pressure of that. I, lots of people do it. I don't know if I could do it, though, if we were traveling for winter. Like, yeah, I, oh, I feel yeah. like that's impossible because yeah. your winter boots weigh like yeah, four yeah, kilos. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm going to do that because I think it would be really interesting to see just how little we used. And I think part of it was I packed for unrealistic um, like events. Yeah. You know, we're in a, What do you mean? Well, like we're in, we're in a like a really casual place, um, and what did you bring? Formal dress. <laughs> I brought a gown. No, <laughs> um, not so much for me, but more for the kids. Like if we went out somewhere nice, you know, <laughs> wear chinos and That's like a funny. pretty little dress and tights, and they just never got touched because no. that wasn't the kind of holiday we were having. So I think I my my what ifs or my just in cases got the better of me as I was packing. And I like I knew I knew when I was packing them that they would probably never see the light of day over here, and I was right. Yeah. So I think the key for me, and I'm getting better at it. Obviously, halving our luggage from you know a year ago yeah. is like pretty pretty good. Yeah, we could almost half it again. Do yeah, half again. I'd say. So put everything that we in one suitcase. Maybe, or maybe like one two, and a half. Two. <laughs> Two back, like two big backpacks or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah so, so I think that's, that's pretty. Packing is quite interesting, and the other thing is, I brought things that I own, like t-shirts that I don't wear at home, 
because and I don't have many clothes yep. but I have t-shirts that I don't wear at home because I don't like the cut or I don't like the color yep. and I brought them if I don't wear them at home I'm almost certainly not going to wear them when we're traveling so I, I can feel completely fine with just getting rid of them yeah. because these aren't things that I wear and they you know they're clogging up my my wardrobe and my decision making space um so yeah I think the the packing light is definitely part of slowing your travel down mm. because there's nothing worse than lugging around stuff that you just don't use. That's it. You know, in transit, yes, it's annoying, but even just having it in you know the place that you rent or your hotel room or your hostel, having that stuff is – you, can, you it, it becomes clutter. At home where you've got more room to spread out, you maybe don't notice this stuff, but it's quite obvious clutter because it's just access to needs. Mm. And that's what I love about mm. traveling. You realize how little you need. Hmm. Let's talk about this concept of taking brain snapshots. Yeah, you said that the other day. Yeah, while we were driving, I was like, I need my brain to take these snapshots so I remember them. Mm. What a weird concept to think about. Yeah, it it is. Like it's a it's a weird way of putting it, I guess, yeah. but it makes a lot of sense. Like taking a mental photograph, but adding in how you feel and what you hear and. You know, all of those kind of extra senses, not just the visual, like mm. a photo gives you. Yeah. And it's just basically, I think, being completely present. Because when you're completely present, which is not easy to do. And you don't do it all. Yeah, exactly. No, and you, you can't, can't live, do it all the time. Like you can't Otherwise, live. you'd just be like. Overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like completely overwhelmed. You'd be a wreck. Like with all your senses. Yeah. Um, but there are many opportunities every day and like just normal days at home as well present the same opportunities to take one of those kind of brain snapshots or and just completely immerse yourself in the moment. And I find when I do that, there's my memories. Yeah. Some memories you don't realize are going to be memories as you're making them. Like most of them you don't. But there are some that you, that you really can work to create. And I mm. think that's a beautiful way to travel. Yeah. I think it's a really, really beneficial thing to yeah. do as well. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> taking brain snapshots is is basically just living presently, but completely everything immersed in the moment. And the way I do that is running through my senses as well, not just what can I see, but asking what do I smell, what do I hear, mm. what does it feel like, how mm. hot is it, how cold is it. You know, what are the kids doing? What's Ben doing? And really just drinking it all in and painting that picture in the moment. And I'm, like, I'm sure some of them don't stick, but it's very worthwhile to do. And I think it ties in really nicely with, with the idea of slow travel because it's basically practicing mindfulness while you're exploring. You know what I've really enjoyed as well? Mm-hmm. Not having a, uh, having a phone. I, we've had our phones because yes. that's what we take photos on. It's not connected to anything. I know we don't have like we don't have a SIM card. We don't have a SIM Canada. card. It's awesome. So it's, it was basically just a, a camera mm-hmm. while we were out and about traveling, and just to not have that social media and internet around was yeah. it's just no wonderful. Text messages, it was no a bit of a calls. it was a bit of a offline experiment. Even though we got back home and we did. You know, that was the only time we, we went on social media and posted photos. Yeah, like usually when we get home in the evening. Exactly. We would get on on Facebook, check yeah. your email, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that was really the only time we'd be updating anything yeah. because we didn't have... It was almost like having that screen-free experiment yeah. 
at know, least for a period of time during the day, yeah. Period of time, not the whole day, though. Yeah. yeah. It, no, I really enjoyed that too. And you don't realise how much uh, you feel that, mm. like that presence yeah. until it's not there anymore. Uh, and it's it was really nice. I think, um, you know, in an, in other instances, it's it's difficult now that we're self-employed. You can't. Oh, we couldn't disconnect. Fully. And particularly not at the stage that yeah. business is at at the moment, which is it's still very new. We were working a lot of the nights. Yeah. 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 Not and like for a couple of hours here and a couple of hours there. Obviously, we recorded and yeah. I had shows that I needed to produce still, and uh, it was fine because we knew that that was the case and kind of viewed this as a working trip as trip. well. Trip. Yeah. Yeah. But it was 80%, 85%, 90% holiday. That's it. And the rest of it was work. Yeah. But taking that time away from my phone was really nice. It's beautiful. Which makes you think that if at home, not that I take as many photos day to day at home anyway, but if we had a different way of being able to capture images and live yeah. without it, it would be really... If only there was a, a contraption, kind of like the camera that's built into a phone, but just a camera. <laughs> That would be amazing. Oh, that would be. Like, I'm going to try and invent one. Yeah, you should. I feel like there's a gap yeah. in the market yeah. there for a standalone camera. Yeah. And not having it digital, like having something come out of it. Yeah, something you physical, can hold. And then just store away. Yeah. And like that clutters your house. Exactly. And then even better to then scan it and digitize it and throw away the physical thing. And that's the circle of life. That's insane. That's what that is. That means that we need to wrap this up quickly because we're losing, losing it. it. Um, what else did you enjoy about our, our trip? Oh, I, all of it? I'm not going to say name the, your best part because that's crazy. But All of it. Yeah. You did surprise me one night with um, one of my favourite bands was in town playing at the local, the local hotel and I had no idea. And um, you surprised me with that. That was that was pretty freaking awesome. That was awesome. That was so much fun. And because um, we lived here 12 years ago and we got some of our friends from back in the day yeah. to come and stay with us and we got to hang out for a while. That was amazing. Yeah. Just That was the best part. I oh. mean, it's old friends, but then those friends that you just connect with straight away. Yeah. It's like you've... 12 years was nothing. Yeah, it's sort of weird, isn't it? Yeah. Such a strange It, was, it was, really was quite a strange thing to do because yeah. essentially for the last 12 years, there's strangers. Like we didn't know what they were well, doing. Well, strangers, or, but, you know, we no, kept but, in contact on social media and everything else. But it was like, it, yeah, it yeah. was just testament to the fact that those old friendships where you know that they're your people from day one and they remain your people through years and years and years, it's, that was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And then having Morgan, yeah, and her meeting Morgan, come, that was Morgan and Brett, that was really nice. Like all those like-minded people, yeah, exactly. That you just get you know connect with straight away. So we're moving here, yay! yay. We're not leaving. <laughs> we're going to Winnipeg and hiding out for a little while with some friends. <laughs> we're only joking, Canadian immigration. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Um, oh, what else? I mean, family time, obviously. Is great and to just take the pressure of um, school. I mean, and when I say pressure, I realize no. that we don't have a pressured life no. because we've designed it that way. The kids don't do extra activities or anything like that. Uh, but you know, just to break up the day to day 
rhythms as well and to do it in such a spectacular fortunate way <laughs> yeah you know is it's just been wonderful so mm. um i hope that it's given some kind of little insight i i didn't really mention our i our reason for oh no i guess you kind of covered it the you know we basically just base ourselves in one place yes for the the almost yep. the whole length of our trip yep i do think partly that's because of the, our kids' ages, again, it's really easy to manage energy and activity when um, you know when we can just stop and have a, a quiet day. But we've done we we've done that for quite a few trips. You know, just set up a home base and do day trips out of it. Do you enjoy that still, or would you prefer to do something more active, like more active touring? Um, I love it. I yeah, love it. I really too. do. But if I had a, had this trip again, I'd break. I'd do two different areas, right, for for periods of time. So two weeks in yeah. Canmore and two weeks in say, somewhere else. In saying that, like, who knows? Like, maybe that. Maybe the beauty about it is, is you just stay in the one spot. Like, I feel like I lived here. Yeah, I love that feeling. Yeah, we went grocery I feel shopping. Like a local. And, yeah, exactly. You know, like you know, making friends with the people at the grocery store. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and visiting you the start library to and see like. The same people around and yeah, I love the idea yeah. of, of living in a place. Gotta say, everyone we spoke to shocked at how long we've, we were here. Yes, absolutely shocked. Because this is this is kind of a, a, I mean, a lot of people live here. This is a home. It's not just oh, a yeah. tourist town, like you know, Banff. Yeah, I mean, people live in Banff too, but yeah. Banff feels like a holiday town. Canmore is, it is, but it's also a real locals town. There's um a lot of people who are based here permanently. But yeah, people are like, wow, you you just stay in the one spot for that long. It's, yeah, it's my favorite way of doing it, and it applies again for yeah. a weekend or. We a could month. stay here again and do things totally diff- like different, different things, and still, you know, um, find things that we haven't done before. Yeah, I just, I really, I really dig the idea of traveling like a local. Yeah, and it's oh, really traveling e- like a local. It's really easy to do that in like. English-speaking countries, but I'd even love to to do it we've elsewhere. Done, we've done it. In we Thailand did in Thailand, and yeah. Places like that. Yeah. So anyway, that's, anyway, that's been our our Canadian adventure. While you're adventure. listening to this, we're in a uh, metal cylinder flying over the Pacific Ocean, um, and not wanting to come home. Yeah. Everything is amazing, and nobody's happy. <laughs> Thank you, Louis. Thank you, Canada. episode of the slow home podcast if you enjoyed it be sure to subscribe via itunes and leave us a rating or a review thanks for listening jack rabbit fm for your ears who is that hi podcast